You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Mark is off on his holiday slash birthday bender and uh, best wishes to him. I hope he's having a good time. And meanwhile, I'm joined by Suffer Pete from the Slack Room to talk about the news of the week. Uh, it's mostly been about the field trip event. And of course, there was a new iPad with pencil support. But there was other stuff out there as well. Cloudflare have introduced a new public DNS service at 1.1.1.1. Microsoft want to monitor your language. The US want to check everybody's social history for the last five years. And Uncle Tim says he would welcome privacy legislation. Also, Slack have finally introduced a shareable link so you don't have to get a personalised invitation anymore. If you want to join our Slack, you can simply follow our bit.ly link. Now, after all that, how are you, Pete? I'm fine, mate. Yourself? Uh, Not too bad. My knee is very painful and I can hardly put any weight on it, but I'm taking the painkillers and hoping for the best. Yeah, that's it. Keep Keep taking the tablets, mate. Keep taking the tablets, yeah. And uh, I have to say, the unseasonably cold and traditional Easter bank holiday weather is not helping it any. It's been uh, cold and wet and basically bloody miserable it has isn't it yeah uh, so anyway uh well we haven't had any snow okay. there was snow was forecast and we've avoided that which is always a bonus in my book yeah yeah although we've had uh, we've had a couple of um uh downfalls of snow this um this winter in suffolk which is unseasonal for us isn't it um, yes yeah we don't we don't normally have any snow here i have to admit uh, unless we get strong easterlies which we have had this year so you're right. Two two bouts of snow already, and and that's enough for me. Thank you very much. It is. Time, time for spring. Thank you. Bring on yeah. spring. Yeah. Thank you. Bring on spring. Yes. <laughs> so, um, well, there's quite a lot of news for uh, what is allegedly a quiet week, but um, you've got some you've got some news of your own, haven't you, Pete? So uh, tell us about that. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm. Uh, it's my birthday last month, so I um I bought myself here. Yeah. Apple Watch Series 2, which uh, some of you know, I had the original watch and uh, battery life wasn't great on it. And also the uh, the workout app took ages to um, launch. Um, and the Apple Watch Series 2, much better battery life. The workout app is still a little bit unresponsive. It can still take about 15 or 20 seconds to win, but it at least allows you to um, choose what you want to do while it's thinking about launching itself. But apart from that, I'm yeah generally very pleased with it um it's black as well this one oh sorry space gray I should say. <laughs> space um, with uh, with a black band um so it looks a lot nicer and um, yeah i'm really um, i'm really pleased with it so so what did you have before then pete did you uh, have it was a silver one and it silver had a, aluminium yeah that's it yeah and the um uh, it had a third-party blue strap on it. I mean, it was okay, but um, I think this one looks uh, just looked nice. Yeah, I mean, I have the I've got the original one, but mine is space grey with a black band. I have to admit, and I, I find I find that looks rather. It does look uh, understated yet smart. Yes, I think that's probably the best way to put it. But uh, and also, yeah. I believe you bought some AirPods. Um, yeah, I've just ordered some AirPods. Um, didn't get in my uh, iPhone 7 Plus without the um, headphone connector on it. Um, I have to keep plugging headphones in via the um, little adapter or or pump for the um, the headphones that came with it, which have got the lightning connector on one end. And I thought, you know what, this would just be a lot better if I had the uh, uh, AirBuds or AirPods, whatever they're called these days. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I know you got um you got a pair of um Chinese um um airbag from Amazon. I did. And 
months ago. They've been they've been pretty good. What I find is they work perfectly well with my phone, mm. but they are not at all reliable with my laptop. I I don't know if that's because my laptop is a few years old and ha- must have a slightly older version of Bluetooth on. Mm. Yeah. So they work they work perfectly well with my phone. Yeah. But on the laptop they have a tendency to fade from one to the other or to drop out. Uh, you know, momentarily, not yeah. not to completely disconnect, but the, the, the sound will fade in and out occasionally, and, which is a bit annoying. But um, for what I paid for them, they work very yeah. well with my phone, which yeah. suits me. Yes. Yeah, well, I actually went on those as well, and uh, I couldn't get them to work uh, with, the, with my iPad. So they went in the uh, drawer, Mark, too difficult. And um, a few weeks ago, I thought, you know what, let's get these out, charge them up and have another go. And I charged them up, and then um, uh, they appear to be dead. They, they don't work at all, which... Um, uh, so then I decided I was going to buy the uh, the earbuds. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you really. I mean, I I, I treat all such things with uh, rechargeable batteries, uh, with the caution that don't ever let them mm. go really flat. Because if you like let, let them go flat and leave them, that appears to mm. kill them stone dead. The, particularly the cheap ones, they really don't like that at all. Yeah. So I mean, my these yes, my cheap Chinese earbuds, I basically use them and then stick them on charge and they'll keep a charge in my pocket for maybe a week but if i if i don't use them for a week i put them on charge any again you know just out of uh, habit but uh yeah so uh you also i believe have ordered yourself or have already taken ownership of an ipad pro is that true i have yes got it this week ipad pro with keyboard didn't come with the and uh, i'm just i've just ordered that and i'm waiting for that although you have to get over the purchase price of so don't you you see the recommended retail price of it and you think 100 pounds yes. really even for apple that that's quite isn't it it's pretty steep yeah. isn't it for for i mean i know it, it's te- terribly clever and i'm sure it's super engineered but it's a bit of a it's a bit eye-watering, isn't it? It is, yes. I managed to uh, secure um, a new one from a supplier on eBay for the princely sum of £56. Oh, right. Pre-purchase. Um, but even so, I, I know what's going to happen when it turns out. I'm going to think it's great, but, but just going, £56, really? <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you were also telling me, Pete, that you you've been um, investigating print management and and monitoring for your, yes. for your school. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because as some of you uh, know, I work in a school, and over the last few months, we've been uh, I, I've been choosing new uh, printers and copiers for the school and uh, new uh, print management software called uh, Papercut. Um, we're behind schedule because of the uh, the snow that we mentioned because the school was shut for three days and the uh, the new copiers were going to be delivered on that day but so we're a week behind which um, hasn't helped my workload any but um paper cut is fantastic i can now uh, monitor every printer and copier across the school i can see what was printing um when they did it what it what it looked like um how many they did uh, how much? How many trees we cut down to for the uh, to make the paper uh, for it? How many uh, how many hours we could have run a six to what light bulb? Um, the the amount of stats that Papercut can generate uh, are just fantastic. <laughs> just don't print them all out, otherwise. No, that's right. No, definitely yes. <laughs> and uh, you can you can export the uh, the stats as a as a PDF or as a HTML or as an Excel spreadsheet. I and mean, at the end at the end of the uh, the user charges are exported into an Excel spreadsheet and they either email themselves to the finance officer at the school. So well, I don't have to be involved. Oh, well, that's, that's handy, isn't it? <laughs> one, yeah. You know, it's probably worth it just for that, Pete. There's just one more job you don't have to worry about. The only thing that's I can right, tell you yeah. from being in the print trade is uh, nobody should really worry about cutting down trees for paper. That's a complete no. myth because all paper for probably at least... 20 odd years is made sustainably because basically otherwise <laughs> the paper industry wouldn't run we'd have used all the paper uh, we'd have uh, cut down all the trees in the world long ago um you know this yeah. myth about um and it is a myth really about uh yes we cut down trees to make paper but it's all farmed 
it's all softwood farm specifically for making paper um and it is and obviously the um the amount of the amount of trees that are planted to replace the ones that are harvested um um help with the uh, putting um uh, um you know the right gases back in the atmosphere so it's um yeah you know uh, paper there are there are some other there are some other parts of the paper industry that are not so green um bleaching yeah. and and uh the amount of electricity they use and whatnot but no uh you shouldn't really worry about cutting down trees that's one no. of the few things that people should not worry about i think they plant about three or four trees for every one they cut down and have been doing for 30 years or something yes and, uh, yeah. there yeah. we go and the uh, international paper have got a uh, a website that uh, which is uh, very interesting called go go paper grow trees um and there's lots of information on there for those interested um and i know we're going off the subject a bit but uh of lately of course there's been a big all this big thing about you know reduce re reducing plastics and uh you peter probably you know of the same age as me that i remember when you know your eggs came in a cardboard tray or a cardboard yeah. box your um apples and things were, were in cardboard or yeah. paper wrappers you know why everything had to be wrapped in plastic i don't know i know there are probably reasons it probably keeps things fresher longer and and so on but I think it's about time somebody, you know. Well, that's what we are doing, isn't it? We're making a push now to go back towards uh, towards paper. It yes, it certainly seems to be going that way. And uh, also, I noticed that um, there's uh, moves afoot to make um, uh, the manufacturers responsible for um, collecting their um, the waste that they uh, they package things up in, which I think is a, a good move. Yep. Yep, very much so. And it's a bit like um, it's like plastic straws. There's been a big kickback on plastic yeah. straws. And uh, when I was a kid, there weren't any plastic straws. Straws were made out no. of waxed, you know, rolled up wax card paper, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. The only thing yeah. you can't do with those, of course, is pierce one of those stupid Capri Sun pouches. Never. <laughs> You'd have a hard job puncturing a plastic, yes, a plastic true, seal yeah. with a, with a yeah. wax paper straw. But there yeah. we go. Um, well, I suppose we better press on because there's a lot of a lot of news. So I suppose we ought to concentrate on uh, some of the tech news. Mm. Well, obviously Apple had this field trip event, and well, do you want to take the lead on that really? Because it, it's a bit more your field than it is mine, really. I mean, I know we know they've introduced a new iPad. Uh, which has had a lot of praise, yeah, because it's you know got very nice specs, yeah. Um, and then there was a lot of stuff for, for teachers, class kit, classroom, school work. Everyone can create and and so on. Um, but not everybody's convinced by this. So I mean, do you want to run us over the argument? Yeah. Um. Obviously, I can only speak about the UK, but um, I can't help thinking that Apple have missed the boat on this a bit. Um, because certainly the school I work at and the schools that are within our multi academy trust, we're heavily in to Google. We use Google Classroom. We use the G Suite of um, apps for sharing files and for emails, etc. Um, and obviously, you know, there's not much uh, money in the education sector at the moment. And what money there is, is spent on educating children and paying the teachers. So, you know, it's all well and good to come out with a new iPad that is, to be honest, not much better than the one it replaced uh, for $329. And then you find you have to buy a keyboard to go with that and a, a pencil, uh, albeit at a $10 discount. I can just see what our business manager will say when um, presented with these stats. Uh, and plus the fact that the IT department at my school and at the other schools in our max um, aren't really big fans either. So I'm not sure this is going to go too far, but, uh, certainly not in the uh, in the UK. Um, well, yeah, I, I, uh, I think I've put a whole load of links in here because obviously it is the big news <laughs> of the week. Um, of course, there is uh, Apple and Logitech have launched a um, a stylus called the Crayon, which is yeah. only I think forty nine dollars, I believe. Yeah, um, that's, that's right. Yeah. Not that's not pressure sensitive. Lots of people have been saying, no. you know, what? Why would you, you know, why would you not opt for that? Well, that's not a pressure yeah. sensitive stylus, but obviously that's aimed at oh. uh, possibly, I guess, yeah. at uh, the you know the younger children. 
Um, yeah, and, and also it, it only works with this new iPad that's come out because I looked at this this week. It doesn't work with the existing Pros because I thought it might be a, a cheaper way of getting an Apple Pencil before I bit the bullet and spent £56. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Not that I'm bitter. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I'd probably take issue with you saying that the, the sixth generation iPad is, is not a lot different. I mean, they've put an A10 in it. Mm -hmm. um, it's obviously compatible with the pencil um i'm not sure about the storage they've they've chucked in 200 gig of icloud storage yeah yeah that's not bad which is probably I mean, well to be honest not bad it's it, for education i would have thought was uh you know essential um time magazine have basically said apple's new cheaper ipad is perfect if you don't need the pro and i think that would probably be my takeaway to be honest yes yeah um i mean a lot of people are shouting about it as if it's you know it's a super half price pro but it's not um it is pencil compatible it does have the a10 um but you have to remember the pro has the uh what they call it the pro motion the you know 120 yeah. hertz uh, screen refresh it has yeah. the it has the true tone technology it has the yeah. wider color gamut it has the four speaker stereo um, it has a, you know, there there are a lot of reasons to recommend, you know, if you, there's a lot of things about the Pro that justify its price. Yeah. I, I'm not yeah. looking, at, I'm not looking at this sixth generation iPad as a cut, a cut price Pro by any means. But if you don't want or need or are prepared to pay for the Pro mm. features, but I'm looking at that as a consumer, you know, from a school point of view, I I think it's still too overpriced. Yeah, yeah, very um, much. And yeah, very and much. Plus the, um, the, the 200 gigs of um, iCloud is all well and good, but you've got to remember that Google give all schools in the UK unlimited storage. Yes, they do. Um, I was yeah. going to say. And my one account that's on its own uses over 200 gigabytes of storage. Yeah. Um, oh. And there's a whole load of links here. Engadget, 9 to 5 for uh, Mac, the next web. Uh, you know, Apple needs more than apps to win over educators. Why education, Apple's education strategy isn't based on reality. Mm. Um, Apple doesn't understand what makes the Chromebook great. Uh, that's from the next web. That's a good read. Yeah. And I agreed yeah. almost 100% with that. It was yeah. a, It was pitched a little bit from a, you know... I can't see any, why anybody would choose anything other than a Chromebook and the Google ecosystem. But mm. I had to say that most of their arguments I, I couldn't fault. Um, yeah. And there's obviously there's a lot more. There was a lot more to this event than than the uh, iPad. There's the classroom management and the um, schoolwork uh, kind of interactive thing where a, a teacher can you know uh, interact with the pupils directly from their desk and there's the everyone can create uh initiative but um i've put this in the notes i'm relatively skeptical about those i must admit in a real a real world bathroom situation uh, uh, so am i i mean i thought it was slightly telling that you know they went to a specialist high school mm. um a bit like picking out a top-end academy in this country, I'd say. Yeah. Um, annoyingly, and this is in the show notes, I, I read a really good piece, which I didn't scrapbook or bookmark, uh, pointing out how this is all lovely in Apple's kind of cosy world vision. Mm. Um, but in reality, not only can most schools not really afford that sort of money, but it seems to assume yeah. that the teachers are going to have a lot of time and inclination to put a metric tonne of effort yeah. Uh, in, into all this stuff, you know, be it the class, the schoolwork, the iBooks authoring, the whole thing. Yeah. And as somebody pointed out, do they have, you know, not only have they got to have the inclination and possibly the ability, but do they even actually have the leeway? You know, certainly in this country, I think the, the um, you know, the curriculum is fairly tightly controlled. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And also they keep cramming more in, you know, and the teachers have to have got limited amount of time to get all this information across to the uh, kids. Um, and let's not forget that, you know, not all the teachers will be up to speed on uh, Apple stuff or indeed IT stuff early. Um, it's usually the uh, the younger ones that, uh, that are up on all this sort of thing. And quite a lot of the, uh, the older teachers are, are relatively new 
to the IT um, game. You know, there's a, there's a teacher at our school who still uses HPs, for God's sake, um, and he's just got himself a smartphone and is bewildered by it. Um, yeah, I, I can't see it really, um, you know, making much um, headway. And, of course, the, uh, the teachers that do want to take all this on, they'll have to have it all demonstrated to them and show how it um, can uh, improve their um, day. Um, I'm not sure that's going to happen, especially with um, IT departments who don't actually um, like Apple stuff. I, I, I hate to say it, but I got the kind of feeling that it was a bit advertisers world or mm. and a bit like watching disney tv uh, i don't know if you've ever watched any of yeah. those uh, sort of disney channel uh kids shows but no i don't have kids so I'm, well, I'm right, okay but if you time. if you have ever seen <laughs> I'm, I'm sure most i'm, I'm sure yeah. you can probably guess that if i said disney yeah. channel disney kids tv series you can imagine that it's all a little bit, you know, everything is lovely. Yeah. You know, everybody has a big house and, you know, yeah. ev ev everybody can have, if they need a new iPad, they can have one. And, and yeah. it, it's that, you know, uh, it's advertisers world, isn't it? When you watch the adverts, yeah. everybody has smiling, beaming kids and, a nice yeah. car and, you know, not a snotty-nosed brat who's throwing their dinner on the floor unless they're doing it to be cute, you know. Um, yeah. It just came yeah. across as rose-tinted spectacles. I don't really think you're in touch with what happens in the average school. Um, yeah. Certainly not in this country. Yeah. And um, from what I've heard, you know, uh, from what I've heard from a lot of Americans who, who I, you know, talk to uh, via know uh various tech forums that there are parts of america where teachers are you know are out of their own pockets bringing in paper and pencils and you know really basic materials because the yeah. school board yeah. can't afford it and you yeah. think well yeah. if that's the case um who can j possibly justify even one ipad per class let alone 30 it's not happening, is it? It's just not going to happen. Um, no, no. And that's... Um, although, having, having said that, I am going to make our business manager aware of this at work. Because I know we, we trialled a few years ago, bringing iPads into classroom um, to try and cut down on the amount of paper. Um, but uh, I, I don't know whether we'll try that again now with you know with the new these new iPads and the pencils and uh, I'll be able to demonstrate what it can do because I've got the iPad Pro with the pencil. But um, we'll we'll see how we get on. Well, you know everything's always worth a go, and I'm you know I'm not I'm not decrying it as um, an effort. I just think yeah. it's. I think they're pitching it wrong, and I don't. Yeah. I don't think they've got their feet on the ground. No. Uh, it, it would be a bit like. I think it would be a bit like visiting a top public school in England, mm. and then assuming that every inner city comprehensive is in the same position, uh, and that's just not how the world is, unfortunately. No, and uh, yeah, as I think the top and bottom of it is, I think Apple have missed the boat, and Google got into the education market ahead of them. Um, yes, I, uh, also, there is also that they they let it slip away, didn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I don't think they're prepared to cut their margins back enough. Um, no. I, I think they needed, if it was me, I think, you know, they should have been cutting their margins back. They should be making, an, by all means, you know, a nice iPad, but they should have called it the E-pad. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. maybe put it in a polycarbonate case. Yeah. So that it's blatantly not... Um, the same as yeah. the iPad. Um, yeah, yeah, no, 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 good call. Yeah, a bit like the eMac a few yes. years ago. Or, or, yeah. or, you know, or even before that, the, the eMate, John, Johnny's eMate. Do you remember that? It never took oh, off, no. but the it was a little clamshell sort of Newton esque. Thing. Oh, right. Okay. Go, go away, go away and Google it. It, it was, never a, it was oh. never a hit, but it was a, it, it was a translucent clamshell. Uh, child friendly. I think it may well have been built on the Newton. It was going to be called the E-Mate. Um, mm, I should have that up. But uh, yeah, that was something that never went anywhere. But anyway, yeah, I just think they've completely. I, I don't want to stick the boot in, but I, I just think it's a, a sort of head in the clouds version of what they need to be doing. 
if they want, if they're serious about taking that market back or, or about they believe that, you know, the children of the world deserve it, in which case, you know, you've got plenty of money, Apple. I'm sure you could cut your margins on. Uh, I'm sure they could. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and speaking of um, one thing that Apple seemed to have missed the boat on um, leads us into something else that I think they've missed the boat on. And that's the HomePod. I, I right. know there's been a um, there's been a story this week, Basegate where the software update for HomePod um, seems to have robbed some users of base. I don't know whether it's robbed some users of base or whether it's just uh, possibly reduced base to the chagrin mm. of some and deep mm. pleasure of others. Um, and that's, I'm afraid, <laughs> my, my view on that. Yeah. Is it's another case of uh, it's all for, I'm all for wall gardens. I'm all for the the people yeah. at Apple making decisions that help make life simpler, where you don't have to twiddle every knob and set everything up. But sometimes you can go too far. You know that there is no there is no EQ on, no, on the HomePod as I understand it. And yeah, I was shocked at that when I read that. Yeah, I mean what what you've got there is a case of somebody at Apple deciding how you should you know you wish to listen to your music. And the very fact that some people are pleased by the reduction in bass and some people are outraged basically says a bit like uh, throttling the phone and not telling anybody. Although yeah. in reality, I think that was blown out of all proportion. They did the right thing. You know, who, what would you rather have? A phone that runs a little bit slower or one that shuts down all the time? I know what I'd choose. <laughs> Um, but that's, yeah. you know, but they didn't tell people and then people got no. noses out of joint about it. And in this one, my, my point of view would be, well, who are you to decide how much base I wish to have? Yeah. You no, know, that could yeah. be easily fixed. And that should just be, there should be an equalization option so you can twiddle your own yeah. base and treble. You know, more yeah. base, less base. Who knows? Anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, that was one. And um, didn't you say to me, Pete, that uh, Witch had done a... Uh, a yes, they've just, done a, they've just done a little update on the or the first look at uh, the HomePod, and uh, they quite like it. But their their takeaway is highly restricted Apple users, um, and you know it might be worth buying if you're an Apple Music user mm. and you have a newer Apple device. But bear in mind, you can buy more than three Amazon Echo second gens for the same price. I suspect possibly a more uh, telling uh, comparison is the fact that Sonos. Uh, did a deal didn't they where you could buy two sonos ones they would send yeah. you a pair of sonos ones for the same price i believe yes yeah so, and uh, the sonos now supports um alexa and google Listen. yeah so um yeah i i can't uh, yeah i can't help thinking that um amazon and google have got got to the speaker um stroke voice controlled smart assistant before apple have well i mean um, uh, the, the the HomePod isn't really a smart assistant, is it? I mean, Apple have made that clear. It's not meant to be a smart mm. assistant. It, it's controlled by Siri, but as far as I can tell, it doesn't yeah. do very much Siri-esque stuff. You can't use it to control your lights, I don't think, or... or um, I no. don't know. I'm not. Really, um, I'm, I'm not really interested in one, to be honest. That's the honest truth. No, I'm. I'm not interested in another three hundred and twenty pounds. I must admit, I've got. Uh, I've got two or three Sony speakers, which are all AirPlay compatible, around the uh, the first floor of the house, and they're um uh they're all controlled via my iPad or via my um Mac Mini server in the uh, cellar. Uh, and, yes, you were going to tell us how did your Mac Mini server project pan out, Pete? Because you, um, yeah, it's it's going it's going well. Although I haven't had a lot of time to play around with it, um, uh, but I can uh, control the um, iTunes library on it from uh, my iPhone or my iPad, or indeed from the MacBook Pro that I'm sitting in front of. And there's a um, uh, there's a small piece of software I've forgotten the. Uh, I've forgotten its name. Uh, oh, Satellite by Airfoil. You okay. download Airfoil for the um, the, the Mac uh, the Mac Mini server, and then you put this Satellite on your uh, iDevice, and then you can um, route the uh, the audio from different speakers, so you can uh, so you can uh, play um, audio uh, across one, two, or three speakers from your iDevice, which you can't do with uh, AirPlay. Okay, so we'll, we'll put that in the show notes, Pete, for people. To Airfoil Satellite, very good. Right. Well, I know I know you're a bit short of time, Pete. I am. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll press on. We'll press on. Um, 
I've done some um, this Cloudflare DNS service. I've actually um, done a little test on that. Okay. Which um, it looks quite interesting. I've I've changed the DNS server on my iPhone to their their one 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 service, and then I've left the DNS server at my standard one on my iPad. And I've timed the amount of time it takes to open uh, a web page. I mean, it's a little bit unscientific, but... Um, oh, no, but, you know, <laughs> in the end, yeah. it's real Real world yeah. is what matters, Pete. Yeah. Um, and initially, for some reason, it seemed to take forever to, op- to open up um, some web pages. And I thought, well, this is, um, this is very impressive. And uh, it got to the extent that I went to the iPad to open up the same web page and the iPad, um, uh, the iOS on the iPhone handed off to the iPad and then the iPad opened it up um, using the old DNS. But after that hiccup, the uh, the new, the Cloudflare DNS service seems to be about twice as fast. All right. Uh, I've done a, a variety of web pages and it takes about one or two seconds to open up on the Cloudflare. But on the iPad using the old system, it's about three or four seconds on average. Okay. It's quite, in, quite interesting. And plus the fact that Cloudflare say they don't, um, they're not interested in where you're going and it's, they're, they're not tracking you. They don't keep the information and then they, I think, is it after 24 hours they, um, they clear their log? I think so, yeah. If you, if anybody's interested, this is Cloudflare who obviously provide, uh, a whole host of services to the internet, uh, DDoS prevent, uh, you know, mitigation and, uh, um, content delivery and uh, those sort of things um, and they've launched a, a new free uh, public DNS server 1111 um, and they're saying that it's uh, three times as fast as Google I think and mm-hmm. twice as fast as Open DNS, I believe now we're, we're talking microseconds here I, yeah. I my feeling was that that's probably nominal and for the average user may or may not make any real difference. Um, I'm sure it makes a difference to the amount of traffic they can handle. Um, but yes, the point that what caught my attention was very much the uh, the privacy aspect. The fact that they're saying they're not, you know, they're not logging it, and they're not tracking it, and they're clearing their clearing their caches or clearing their logs, you know, uh, regular interval. Um, so I put it on my iPhone um, and my MacBook Pro basically immediately, and I've had no problems at all. Um, so I've got, I've not had anything to compare it to, but I certainly don't feel that they're going any slower. So that's you know, <laughs> that's what I expected. I haven't felt it particularly speed up, but I wouldn't say it's any slower. So that's uh, that's good. Um, hmm. And also, uh, obviously, the Facebook debacle last week, an ongoing saga, really. Uh, I guess if there's any good news, it, it's been, you know, uh, getting some people to wake up to the possible security and privacy issues that they're, you know, facing on the internet. And uh, even yeah. some mainstream media seem to be getting in on the on the act because uh, I've linked one here. From Cookies to Tor, How mm-hmm. to Fight Back Against Online Tracking. And that one's from uh, CBBC, uh, CBBC. No, it's not from the CBBC. <laughs> <laughs> it's not from CBBC, or perhaps yeah. it should be on CBBC. Hey, kiddies, yeah. how to avoid <laughs> online tracking. Um it's from CBC News, uh, and it, it's fairly basic stuff. I'll be honest; it's you know, uh, but just the fact that mainstream media talking, if you like, to um, the average user are starting to say things like, "Do you, you know? Do you really need to accept every single cookie that comes in? Do you need to always allow every service that you use to have access to your microphone and your camera and your contacts? Yeah. Basically, you know, think about these things. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, your weather app needs to know what your location is. Otherwise, yeah. it's not going to be accurately able to tell you what the weather is. You know, there's not a lot of point having um, a voice over IP program if you if you don't allow access to the microphone but um at the same time you know you would be surprised how many things which says oh i don't know some you know really quite trivial application will say oh can i have access to your contact and your your photo 
real and, and it's like why 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 yeah. does a game yeah. need to have a, access to my contacts and my and my phone and, and all sorts of other things yeah. so uh you know these things are just it's beginning to surface i think even into the mainstream where people are saying think about vpns think about uh what cookies you allow yourself to take uh, and, yeah. and so on yeah um and to go with that of course uh tim cook has said this week he wants a well-crafted privacy regulation after the facebook scandal um well i think we'd all like (laughs) well-crafted privacy regulations uh whether as somebody said on another show uh whether the government are actually the people to do that or not i i'm not sure yeah uh looking you know looking at some of the things our government have uh, put forward uh i'm not sure that they should be in charge of what's uh, sensible privacy however the eu yeah. you know and the uh, was it the gpdr is that one um, gdpr yes that that's coming my way professionally i've yeah. got to read through that because um yeah from my yeah that's coming into force well we've you know at work obviously we've been uh looking into that uh if, if you're yes, not you have yeah if, if you're not um if you're not a huge corporation storing huge amounts of data it's it's not as big or as scary uh, as it's been made out to be. That's the truth. Um, yeah. A lot of it boils down to common sense. Uh, you know, yeah. I know a school obviously have rather probably have to hold rather more data than we do. You know, uh, printers, but it yeah. tends to boil down to uh, ask people for their permission, tell them what you're keeping, tell them why you need it, and get rid of it when you're done with it yes yeah. um and take sensible uh, precautions you know take sense you know make sure that you don't leave people's details laying around hither and thither and actually i think for most companies that's all it really boils down to don't be you know don't be careless ask up front tell people what you're doing and don't keep stuff you don't have any use for uh, and that's yeah <laughs> that's about all it boils down to for most people to be honest yeah uh, fr- from the um, from the school's perspective, that we have to uh, the data we hold on students and parents, um, it has to be stored on a server that's within the EU. Yes, that's from the end of May. That's one of the big things. Mm-hmm. So we need to clarify this with Google. I don't know what you know. Google have given out all this storage to schools in the UK. Um, we're storing personal information in there. And it's secure, I'm sure, but I know some of it won't be within the EU. So as a school, we need to think about that. I'm I'm pretty sure because obviously Google are the sort of people who really are being targeted by some of this. And I know, I know, despite what, you know, despite my uh, misgivings about Google in some respects, I'm pretty sure that they are, uh, they've said that they are, you know, going to comply 100% with the GDPR. And I'm sure they're well up and and in, in advance, I'm sure they've got plenty of servers on which they can uh, make sure Europe, yes. European data is kept, you know, inside Europe. I'm sure that's not going to be too much difficulty for them to. Yeah, yeah, I certainly, um, yeah, yeah, I'm hoping that as well. Um, and of course, with um, with the UK leaving the EU in a year's time, will we rescind this? Um, you know, will we will we be able to go back to where we were? I, I'm not sure. You know, I don't think the government knows either. So. No, I'm not sure they do. And, no. To be honest, I, I'm, I'd rather hope not. To be honest, uh, you know, I no, no. I, I'd rather hope not. I think you know, I don't always agree with everything the EU has uh, put forward. But on the whole, when it comes to uh, when it comes to cyberspace and uh, that mm. kind of thing, I, I think the EU on the whole have put forward fairly sensible. Uh, yes, you know, yeah, yeah, no, proposals. You know, in fact, in many ways, I have to say when it comes to things like data privacy i think the eu has put forward forward rather more sensible uh, proposals than our own government thank you very much yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and certainly they seem to understand the uh, you know the actual reality of uh, it far more than people like amber rudd if you want my honest opinion but there we go. We won't yeah. get we won't get too involved in yeah. politics. <laughs> we'll we'll no. push on because the time no. is moving on. Uh, well, yeah, fourteen million visitors to the US face social media screening. Um, yeah, not not good. Basically, uh, the US 
are saying that they're going to ask anybody who applies for a visa. Now, apparently this originally applied to people mm. who applied for an immigration visa, which yeah. uh, to some extent I still think might be considered a little intrusive, but I can see their, I can see their position on that. Uh, you know, uh, what I think about it is one thing, but if you're applying to emigrate, you know, or immigrate to the US, I think they're probably within uh, within reason to say, can we have a look at your social history, you know, your social media history, because that's going to pinpoint uh, if you've been, you know, ranting and raving about the great Satan and, and all that sort yeah. of malarkey. Um, however, they're now saying that they want this to apply to anybody who applies for a visa. In other words, if mm. you want if you want to go on holiday to the US, um, you would have to give them your social media account logins for the last five years so that they could uh, right. peruse your yeah. history, which I that, <laughs> I think that's getting to sure 1984. And I also think, uh, to be honest, for a lot of people, uh, that would be, could you remember all the social you know, media services you've used over the last five years? All the logins? What about Peach no. or MySpace or... You know, yeah. ping, yes. or all these other yes. services that have come and gone. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, um, well. And uh, and does that mean that there's a department in the U.S. Immigration uh, Department that's going to check everyone's history for the last five years? Well, who knows? Uh, it, I guess it would be easy to laugh at it as, as farcical, but it, it does yeah. seem like a, a rather unpleasant uh, turn really doesn't it um it, it seems it to be uh i would i would say that's verging from uh sensible precaution into either xenophobic hostility or at least deep mm. paranoia so there we yeah. go uh, um, i don't think i don't think that's going to do their uh i don't think that's going to do their business travel or their uh no or their tourism mm. a great deal of good um, and in a similar note, actually, Microsoft are going to ban offensive language from Skype, Xbox, yeah. Office, etc. Um, this is another one where I'm this one. I'm slightly more torn. Um, hmm. I'm obviously I'm all in favour of policing what you'd call uh, public spaces. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know, open channels maybe on Xbox Live or uh, you know forums and so on to restrict yeah. you know hate speech, bad language, uh, bullying, whatever you know, uh, xenophobia, transphobia, homophobia, or anything else. However, um, Microsoft effectively are saying they're going to monitor your your messages. Now, um, yeah. you know, Skype to me is a one to one messaging system. Uh, yeah. You know, would you really like somebody from Microsoft reading your messages to your wife? You know, uh, mm. not so keen on that. Not sure that's going to do them a lot of favours in that market. Um, yeah. I'm already and, and not a big fan thing. of Skype. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be difficult to enforce, isn't it? You know, playing Call of Duty, you know, with uh, friends on your Xbox, um, you know, and you start swearing at your at your mates. Um, what's I don't know. I, I, is somebody going to intervene mm. <laughs> and is pull somebody, you off the game? You know. Um, well, obviously, you know, I used to play. I used to play World of Warcraft, which is a mm -hmm. you know, massive multiplayer online game. Um, mm. And obviously, on there, there are rules which say, you know, no profanity in the in the chatter and whatnot. And I didn't consider that to be unfair. And it is watched, and you know, it is flagged. And if you somebody starts effing and blinding in the in the speech, they'll get a they'll get a warning. And if they don't stop, they'd be kicked off the server for whether mm. for a short time or you know they'd get a warning you yeah. know your account has been suspended and and that's fair enough i think on a public a public game open to all yeah. sorts of people that yeah. i don't have a problem yeah. with that and i think if you no. go on a if you go on a kind of open uh call of duty server that it, that you moderate your language but if you're playing mm. amongst your friends then yeah who who are microsoft to say what is an acceptable level of language yeah um and as i and, say the you know, I just think the point there is it's not whether they're doing it. They're saying they're going to do it. Therefore, you know, if I want to type sweet nothings to my wife on Skype, mm -hmm. there's always the mm -hmm. thing that is there somebody looking over my shoulder? 
I know what that means. Mm. You know, the, yeah. <laughs> Skype is no longer going to be a bit of service over which I conduct conversations mm. with my wife. Yeah, yeah. Although uh, Microsoft do have added, however, we cannot monitor the entire services and make no attempt to do so. Yeah, well, that doesn't, so make, maybe, that doesn't actually um, mean anything, though, does it? <laughs> doesn't, that doesn't really mean um, anything. That's a kind of, we could be watching you, but you never know. Yeah, that's um, it. And to be honest, yeah, that's a, yeah. what it's saying is we, we reserve the right to spy on anything you put through our service. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I whether, think essentially that's what I'm saying. Um, I would say that's removing your your right to privacy. Uh, I suppose as long as they've told you up front, then you have the option yeah. to say, then I'm not going to use your service. Yeah. I, you know, I wouldn't use their service for um for that, you know, for anything private anyway, because I've never, I've never trusted no. them not to be reasonable. <laughs> no, I put in Skype, but that's another matter. Um, well, Pete, I know, I know you were on a short clock, so yeah. Let's just, uh, we've got here, I've, I've introduced a new segment called Just a Snippet for the, for the little, uh, fly pasts that don't really require much of a comment. So, uh, ah, yes. uh the Space Gray, uh, oh, iMac yes. accessories now to be sold separately from the iMac Pro. Oh, and they do look lovely, I've got to say. Um, well, all I have to say about that is, uh, who's surprised by that? Who's surprised no. by that? The, the only people who are going to be, uh, bummed out by that are the people who paid a stupid amount of money to buy buy them uh you know on the gray market yeah. for silly money uh more for you really it was always gonna you know they apple said they will only be available with the imac and it's like yeah for six mm. months yeah that's right yeah and now anyone can buy the space gray magic keyboard for 149 dollars yeah i mean they've stuck a 20 dollar <laughs> which i have to yes. say strikes me as a that that's just i mean that's just well how very apple <laughs> i think that's just taking the mick a little bit but there you go that's apple you want a, you want a, you want a dark yeah. you want a dark gray one you can pay us another 20 dollars um that's it yeah what else have we got uh the mac os now supports external graphics cards well they told us that mm. was coming i don't know how many people that's did, actually, yeah. i don't really know how many yeah. people that's going to affect uh certainly not going to affect me um, no, and sadly, it doesn't um, doesn't affect me because I've got a 2015 MacBook Pro, not the 26 mobile. Yeah, well, so you know, and to be honest, I'm sure it, it's all very nice, but I suspect that the amount of money involved, if you really, if you've got that sort of money to throw about, why don't you just go and get, why just go and get a computer with more yeah. powerful graphics? Uh, no, yeah. you know, joking aside, I'm, I'm sure it's uh, going to be useful to some people, but it's uh, a very small niche, I think. What else was in there? Well, apparently there's an iOS QR code vulnerability, which means that uh, if you take a, if you take a, uh, you know, snap of the QR code using the uh, iOS QR reader now built yeah. into the camera app, you could be directed to, uh, you know, a malicious site. Well, um, I'm okay. sorry, but uh, mm. I'm pretty sure that that's just a vulnerability in the QR code that's been there since day one. Um, yeah. I don't think that, mm. well, I'm not sure if there's a specific vulnerability in iOS about it, but to be honest, I've always treated QR codes with deep suspicion um, because effectively you've got nowhere, no way of knowing where they take you, have you? No, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I never have. Uh, the, uh, the school magazine and put um, QR codes in it for the first time. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, well, no, I, I I don't know if there is a specific. The only specific vulnerability I could think of would be a, um, you know, if it if it takes you straight there without showing you where it's going to take you first. But even yeah. that could be spoofed. So I mean, that's yeah, trivial, and I'm sure Apple will fix it. Um, I'm sure they will. And yeah. Facebook apparently have uh, launched um a messenger for kids which, uh, according to Technology Review, should freak parents out. And to be honest, Facebook freaked me out enough, so... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, uh, and also, the kids are leaving Facebook because yeah. their parents are there. <laughs> as far as I can tell, they're all off to Snapchat because yeah, they don't it. understand yeah. how that works because it, you know, deletes stuff. Um, and Facebook yeah. apparently have delayed their home speaker amid this data crisis, allegedly. According to Bloomberg and a lot of other people, and no, I don't know if they actually, you know, actually have a home speaker, but if they did, I'm sure it's probably a good idea of them not to, uh, not to unveil it amidst a huge data leaking crisis. Yeah. Um, 
and and that's yeah, probably yeah, about it. Yeah, they're still planning to launch it later this year, but I must admit I'd be with their track record in what they do with user data. I think I'd be very um, suspicious about using a Facebook. Um, yeah, well, I'm not I'm, I'm not yeah, quite it's... sure what it's what it's going to bring you either. I mean, Amazon is yeah. the thing that you know you can do a whole load of stuff, buy stuff, whatever. Um, yeah. Google's is that, you know, it's the best assistant out there. It can help you yeah. search and find things. I'm not quite sure what, what a Facebook speaker It's supposed to, supposed to be a connected speaker with digital assistant and video chat capabilities. So, um, mm. yeah, I, I'd be very suspicious of anything that Facebook made that was similar to that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm very suspicious of Facebook full stop and have been since the yeah, very very inception of it. Uh, the whole thing yeah. stinks like a dead fish, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't want to seem like I'm hurrying along too much, but I know you want to get away, Pete. So uh, yeah. No, this is, um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to make a move now. Uh, the worth a chirp is uh, I've been using a little uh, menu bar uh, tamer by uh, mm -hmm. a guy called Matthew Palmer. Uh, it's called Vanilla, and, mm -hmm. and it's free. Um, I know that everybody is big on bartender, but bartender costs about £11 in the UK. Um, this is free, or for £2.95 UK, $3.99 US, uh, you can get some extra uh, features in the quote unquote pro version mm. like or auto close after five seconds and um, the ability to uh, permanently remove from the menu bar certain icons you don't have any use for uh, and it seems to be quite nice seems to be working quite well it's tamed my uh, macbook pro um, because those little menu let things you know they yeah. They they seem to proliferate. They're like rabbits. They keep breeding. <laughs> they do, don't they? Um, yeah. You know, and now yeah. they're way way out half past halfway across my laptop. Menu. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a few. Well, they they start. You know, you start finding you've got your Skype availability and uh, you know yeah. your Dropbox and your OneDrive and your uh, your antivirus and. Uh, VP, VPN connectivity and my Proton yeah. bridge is on or off and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they do proliferate at a great rate they do indeed yeah. so uh, well what I'll do Pete is I'll say thank you very much for coming on okay no problem and uh, I know we can find you on the Twitter as uh, at Hermboy I believe isn't it H-E-R-M-B-O-Y yeah that's it and uh is there anything else you want to promote? Uh, no, that's it. I'm uh, I'm just about done. Uh, thanks for asking me on. It's no problem. Thank you for coming on and uh, you know helping fill uh, fill Mark's shoes and uh, yes. and happy birthday, Mark, by the way, and uh, allowing us to have a show. Um, obviously, the show is on the web at www.essentialapple.com. Com. Uh, we are at Essential Apple on the Twitter. I am at Serenak, and that's S E R E N A K on the Twitter. Mark is at Ocean Speed. We have a Patreon page which you can find on our website. We have uh, a Pinecast tips jar if you want to help us out that way, which is also on the website. And uh, I think right now I'm going to hand over to John at Nemo's Hardware Store to play us out. So, thank you everybody, and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. We have a brand new product this week on Nemo's Hardware Store. It's called the Recharge Plus 2.0. The company is Thinium. T-H-I-N-I-U-M. The website is thinium.com. Cost in the U.S. is $70. We have a special guest to help us learn about it. John Biggers, a technologist from Chicago, Illinois. Good to have you here with us, John. Thanks for having me. Tell us briefly, what is this unusual charger? This charger is a 300 milliamp battery that is capable of charging your device, uh, actually up to two devices at the same time. It includes a number of connections, uh, a lightning connection, micro USB, and thankfully a USB-C connection as well. Um, Let's go back to the beginning. How do you charge up the battery? There's two ways. You can actually plug into the wall. Um, on the back, there's a, uh, a prong that folds out. For a USA North American connection? Yes, yes. 
Yes, that's correct. And then you also have a USB connection um, that folds out from the top that you can plug into either an outlet or a computer. Now, if it's plugged into the computer, does it both charge from the computer and it can also transmit data using the lightning tip? Yes, that is, that is correct. It goes two ways. It has a two-way um, data receiving and sending. Why do they call it thinium? What's so thin about it? It's actually the thinnest and um, most versatile charger on the market. It's about the thickness of a about an iPhone 8. It's a similar thickness, and you fold out the, um, the charger that connects to the phone. I found that it fits best with this, the uh, iPhone SE, actually, but uh, with my iPhone 10, there's also a really great fit. And how does it keep from flopping off the front? There's a pull, a pulley system where you pull the charger out from the bottom and it locks into place. You slide the phone into the connection and it's a very snug fit. You press down and it's locked in place and there's no, um, no give to the movement at all. It's very secure. What are these little flat magnets that are included and that kickstand thing? How do they work? Oh, this, this is also a really nice uh, accessory that's included. These two magnets that are, you're able to put on either the phone or the case that uh, make it an even more secure fit with the battery. There's also a kickstand included that you can put on the back of the charger that will give you a landscape view with the charger attached to the phone. How do you tell when it's all charged up and how do you tell when it's out of power? There's four uh, LED illuminated on the side, the left-hand side in blue. Uh, there's also a button to press that will give you a quick reading of how much uh, battery is charged. Right now, it's up to three. Um, it takes two hours to charge fully. It adds one and a half. It has enough power for 150%, so you can charge your iPhone and still have some gas left in the tank if necessary. Exactly. In in real world use, it's it's really it can be a safe, especially during travel. Uh, it can really add quite a bit left to uh, your battery life if you're using your phone a lot. Let's talk about the manual. Do they give good instructions on the printed manual? Terrific manual um, is included. That is very simple to to you know read. Uh, it explains all of the everything that you need to know to get started uh, and all the accessories included. But it's a very, very well-designed manual. Product itself is beautiful fit and finish. Very ingenious design, really, across the board. So you can charge it up using an outlet, an electrical outlet, or USB, and you can discharge your power either using one of the three tips, micro-USB, USB-C, and lightning, either one of those. And you can also use the USB port that's on the other end from the charging tip. So it's really very, very versatile. Is this product worth $70 in the U.S., John? I think it's a still at $70. They really have thought of every, everything. They've covered all their ground in terms of connection and usability, uh, portability. Uh, it's very lightweight. It doesn't add much weight to your phone, and it adds a tremendous amount of battery power um, to, to your existing battery life. What's the website like? Is the website useful, or is it just... Just a puff piece. No, it's got a great website with lots of pictures and explanations. It has a great uh, FAQ down at the bottom. Very nicely designed website. It actually answered all of my questions that I had um, you know, about the product that wasn't covered uh, in the manual. But they've done a terrific job with their website, I think. Have you ever heard of Thinium before? This is my first time, but I am so impressed with their... Um, with their product, I think they've got they've got a hit on their hands. What sort of external battery do you typically use when you're out and about and you're worried about running low on power? I've I've actually never used. Um, uh, my wife has one that's a kind of Lego shaped uh, design that she ordered from Japan that's much larger and um, and doesn't have the same uh, flexibility and usability of the Thinium. Uh, the fact that the Thinium comes with a micro USB adapter, Lightning. Uh, and USB-C really elevates this product, I think, above the competition. Thank you very much, John Biggers, and thank you to Thinium for providing the Recharge Plus 2.0. Back next week.
We are part of the MyMac.com podcasting network, where you can find such excellent shows as Guy and Gaz on the MyMac show, Tim and David on the Tech Fan show, The Three Geeky Ladies, The Geekiest Show Ever, uh, The Excellent Bart Bouchotts with his Let's Talk, The Club Nintendo, and many, many more. Everybody, please stand by to stand by. And, uh, well, we'll be right back. And welcome, everyone, back to the MyMac.com podcast. All right, so so, so let's um, let's carry on. But I'm still laughing about something that happened just before we started recording, and we're going to talk about that right now. I don't know if you, you heard, Guy, but Sal... <laughs> Sal Segoin, did you know that? Yeah, I heard that. He's leaving Apple. It's a tragedy for everybody. <laughs> oh dear, this is not going well, is it? We are so childish. We, we are. Really are. It's the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.